Hello and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. We, we all have our own struggles, weaknesses, um, doubts, um, and I think knowing that earlier would have meant that um, I treated others with more empathy and understanding of their shortcomings. Today I'm talking to Stacey Snook. Stacey is a nuclear security professional specialising in insider threat mitigation at Sellafield Limited and she's an ambassador to the World Institute for Nuclear Security. Stacey also mentors current students at the University of Birmingham who wish to pursue a career in the nuclear industry and she also uh, looks after two apprentices from her school. In her spare time she loves photography, paddleboarding and she tells me she goes to the gym every day. So welcome, Stacey. Thanks for joining me. Have you been to the gym yet today or is that later? <laughs> it's later on. Um, yeah, if I, if I can uh, leave the, the house, it's raining at the moment, but um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, it's lovely, lovely to see you. It's great to see you. It's a bit grim here as, as well today, I'm afraid. So I'm very impressed you do get out, out to the gym. I, I've tried spending time in the gym and I just it just doesn't click with me. I'd rather be outside walking, running or cycling, I think, and seeing things move around me. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a, a combination that's important between yeah, the gym and yeah, outdoors. That's right, that's right. Well, the paddleboarding definitely gets you some lovely scenery in the, in the Lake District. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you were telling me earlier, and, and there's a little connection with me, because my parents were both born and brought up in Johannesburg. Yeah. in South Africa and you were born in, in Johannesburg and lived there for the first six years of your life so what do you remember about life in Johannesburg? Hmm. Um, what do I remember? I think it was always um, there was always lots going on uh, my mum's part of like a huge family um, my mum's South African and my dad's English um, um, yeah my mum's part of a huge family so there was always like cousins around um, lots of family meals um, and we lived in quite like an international community, so always lots of dinner parties, um, lots of good food, which is always always great. Um, yeah, so I, I lived in Johannesburg, but my dad was also working in Lesotho, so we kind of moved between the two countries. Um, so yeah, yeah, busy, but um, busy, yeah, yes. good fun. And you, and you were saying your, your dad um, was a specialist in reinforced concrete. So I guess yeah. wherever there are civil engineering structures, that is your dad's marketplace where he does his work. Yeah, so he's, he's retired now, but um, yeah, lots of like hydropower projects, um, reinforcing various buildings. Um, yeah, took him everywhere and, and sometimes we, we could join him, which was good fun. Yes, because after six years, you then you, you, you came to the UK uh, for a few years and then out to Ethiopia with your yeah. dad's work. So how did you find this sort of uh, country hopping? Did you find it easy to move countries? Because I imagine there, there must be some sort of culture shock, things look different, even if people are speaking English. It probably feels, very, well certainly the weather's different, that's the very least of it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So yeah, I think coming to the UK for the first time was was an adjustment. Um, like I, I did start school um, when I came to the UK, um, and yeah, being from a different country, possibly having a bit of a funny accent, um, <laughs> is a bit of an adjustment. Um, but I think kids are quite adaptable, really. Um, and then yeah. And my dad was working on a hydropower project in northern Ethiopia um, and we kind of had the opportunity to initially spend quite a lot um, like go out for a few visits and then kind of spent a lot a lot of time there um, for a good part of six years which was really quite fun yeah and then you were telling me that you you had an apprenticeship with the historical city of London Way tell us a little bit about that and, and what that involved so so when we were in Ethiopia, um, myself and my sister, um, we kind of wanted to help out the community that we were living in. Um, and we kind of had lots of thoughts about how, how best to do that, because we didn't want to just kind of um, like hand out money or we wanted it to be kind of really beneficial and for them to be like self-sufficient at the end. Um, so we got involved with a local school and we kind of fundraised for that. Um, by asking lots of like um, like our school in the UK for donations, they held Mufti days, um, and the engineering companies kind of associated with the engineering project my dad was working on. We'd kind of encourage them to consider, I guess, what we now know to be their like corporate social responsibility, and um, so we'd kind of take the um, local kids from the school to the hydropower project to show them what's going on, and. Um, so yeah, we fundraised for about six years um, and we kind of built a few classrooms in the kitchen. Um, and then when that um, project was kind of winding down, um, there was a lot of engineering space and um, like office space. So the, um, we encouraged that to be donated to the school. Um, so that's kind of what I spent a lot of my kind of youth doing really. Um, but that didn't really go unnoticed by my school in the UK, which was kind of sponsored by a huge charity. And um, so when I eventually came back to the UK, um, I kind of was asked to kind of, if I would be interested in doing an apprenticeship with the charity that sponsors my school, um, kind of on top of my university studies, which was really quite, quite beneficial. Yeah. So, so, so tell us who, who your mentor was and, and was there sort of one or two things that really made a difference for you, do you think, that, that scheme? Um, so it was quite useful kind of doing it on top of university because um, I learned a lot of really quite good skills in terms of like networking. And um, I remember the first time I, I went to like a really, really fancy dinner like by myself when I was 17 and I was a little bit scared but really excited um, but my mentor, he was quite um, senior in the energy industry and then um, the financial services. Um, and he he was the next student of school I went to. So he kind of like walked the path. Um, and even though he didn't he didn't give me kind of insights into like the nuclear industry, he gave me an insight into all the soft skills needed and um, yeah, we're still in contact now. Um, I'd say we're probably quite good friends now because it's been so long. Um, yeah, it's nice to kind of know someone who's who's been there before. Um, 
and is happy to share share his learning. So, so you've built this school and you've got this, um, you're being mentored now. So did anything else happen as a result of that? Um, so completing um, my apprenticeship um, when I was 21. Um, so something quite interesting did come from it, which was quite exciting. So, um, so I actually got freed in the city of London, um, which is kind of like a quite an ancient sort of privilege, like keys to the city. Um, and it's quite nice because my sister got it on the same day. Um, so that was kind of the first time um, two sisters has got it together. And it, it felt nice to kind of um, look back at kind of the work we did do in Ethiopia together. Um, and it, it, yeah, it was quite a proud day for my parents, which was, which was quite nice. Um, it's fantastic that something that you've done just from uh, what you see around you and you're motivated to do something about it that's, that becomes really successful but then that's sort of recognised by other people yeah it was it was lovely like as rec- as cheesy as recognition it is it, it, it is quite nice um, and it's nice to be because uh, as a, a consequence of it I, I do get invited to lots of events with really quite inspirational people and I, I do like to be around people who do really motivate me. That sort of mentor um, relationship is so beneficial, isn't it? I mean, I think for me, um, it was much more sort of informal and there were just certain people I came across who would sort of take an interest and ask how I was doing and if there was an issue, I'd, you know, I'd sort of talk about it with them. But to have that so much earlier, and as you say, through your university time in Birmingham, which we'll talk about in a minute, that must have been hugely uh, beneficial to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am extremely grateful for it because um, he didn't have to give up his time. It was all because he just he just wanted to help out, which was which was really lovely. Um, but yeah, I think it it made me kind of like open my eyes and think it's not all about like textbook learning. It's all about how you interact with people, um, and I think my background. I'm moving around a lot. I think I'm naturally quite reserved. Um, so having the ability to focus on those soft skills, um, as well as like being at university, I thought was really useful. Yeah, yeah, I would say that the advice I would give my younger self is it's all about people. You know, whatever you do, wherever you go, it's how can you build good relationships and interact well with those around you, you know. So let's take you uh, to Birmingham. Uh, and you're now in the lecture theatres uh, being taught all about nuclear science and materials. Um, tell us a little bit about that. How did you find the transition into university? Um, it's just very different, isn't it? It's um, first time like living by yourself um, with new people, lots of different like backgrounds. Even though I've probably like got that insight early on in my life that you you are still thrown into like a, a different environment. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I enjoyed university. Um, I, I kind of see it as such a steep learning curve in many different ways, um, and I learnt a lot. Um, uh, university when I was at, um, in lecture theatres and stuff, because um, I I did like nuclear science materials, basically being kind of half physics, half material science. Um, it for probably for a while it kind of felt like how do these two components link up and um, so I was kind of learning the basic 
basics of both, but it felt like I wasn't really getting a complete picture of either, really. Um, so, so that kind of definitely helped build like friendships on the course because we all felt, kind of felt the same situation. Um, so a lot of my good friends do come from university, which is which is lovely. Um, and I think I think that's why I kind of quickly turned to um, doing placements and stuff outside of university, just because I kind of thought um, that my grades are most likely going to be very like average and unremarkable. I quite, I kind of quickly learned that it's a lot a lot harder than uh, school, and um, so I thought the more I kind of build my knowledge of the nuclear industry and um, soft skills, then um, I probably will be okay. That's really interesting that. I was just thinking when you were saying it felt like you were doing these sort of two subjects that were separate and you had to try and work out what the the connection is. I remember when I was doing, I didn't do the physics bit, but I did the material science bit. And I do remember in my third year, suddenly being able to start to connect different modules and different sort of um, parts of the subject together and I think that was one of the things that really excited me about material science you could look at things in lots of different ways whether it was crystallography or heat treatment or properties but actually they all kind of come together um, and which is why I sort of stayed on to do research and you start drawing on all these different things which when you start they just feel I don't know how these things relate they're just different subjects you know did yeah, it sort of come I, together for you? Yeah, I was kind of a very similar. Um, in third year and fourth year, um, they all did start coming together. I think I think the more you learn about like a science discipline, it quickly go kind of goes into physics at the end. Um, so yeah, they came together particularly on my master's degree, and I'm actually extremely grateful now to kind of have that broad, like depth of experience and breadth of experience um, in all those kind of nuclear elements because it does help me think about things from with, with that kind of breadth of yeah. understanding it does that's right that's right so you, you mentioned there that you you um you thought oh i'm going to be a bit average across this sign so it's going to be really good to get into industry and spend some time there so you spent some time with uh, i think edf um down at barnwood H how did you find that experience that sort of first little introduction into the world of work what was it like going in there and having a pass and somebody walking around with you and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, my first placement in second, end of second year was um, with EDF Energy at um, Hesham 2 in the Nuclear Safety Group. Um, so I I remember, like, the first time I stood on top of a reactor and I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> there's so much going on underneath. Um and it's so quiet, isn't it? There's <laughs> <It's> no noise. <laughs> yeah, I've since been back and working at Sullivan, reactors are tiny. Um, but yeah, it was just useful, that experience, to kind of learn what work is, learn about like, the uniqueness of working on a nuclear facility, and, like security and, and medicals and, yeah, that's the sort of element of it. Um, yeah, it's just really interesting to see a reactor. Um, and then... When doing my master's, um, I went back to EDF to do my thesis in industry at Barnwood in Gloucestershire. Um, and that was like fuel performance modelling. And I think that's when my degree really came together because I was using a code um, 
and like modeling like fuel behavior so what's happening to uranium dioxide in a reactor and um, what's diffusion doing what's the cladding doing um, and then interpreting the results and um, about how we can best operate reactors so yeah all those elements came together um, which which was really nice yeah, yeah, that that really is the the heart. I was going to say the core of where where physics and material science comes together, but of course it is actually a course. So that would be a really bad pun, but um, but it, yeah, you can see how all the different aspects of what you were being taught really did come together in that. Um, and you stayed on and you did the the um, the sort of nuclear masters at Birmingham, the physics and technology of nuclear reactors masters, which has been running as you said since Calder Hall. Uh, uh, started um did you was it your curiosity that wanted you to stay on uh and learn more before you went into industry or or, or what um so when i was at edf um basically a, a lot of people around me had done that masters and spoke really positively of it um and they were like come back and do your your, your master your master's thesis with us so that's kind of where it, I, I learned about that um, and that, that master's was really, really applied. Like you learn a lot about the history of the nuclear industry. Um, and I loved how it was just like completely applicable um, and very practical. Um, and we did a trip up to Sellafield, I think twice whilst I was on that master's and um, yes, yeah, saw my future workplace, I guess, this huge, almost monstrous site with so much, so much happening. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting how things kind of work out. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fascinating. I mean, when I, I when I stayed on and did research at the university, it was with Rolls Royce. I know you did a, a materials project with them, didn't you, during your time at Birmingham? Um, but what I hadn't realised was that drive from Manchester, where I lived, to Derby, where Rolls Royce were, that I was doing in the the sort of early nineteen eighties that I would learn that drive and still be doing it sort of 30 or 40 years later, you know, to that site. You just don't know what's ahead and how all these sort of little visits and things, you know, come together. And for you, it did come together because after doing that, um, the Masters there in Birmingham, you did pick up on the Sellafield graduate programme. So back you went up to Cumbria. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, when I was at EDF, um they, they did offer, offer me a job there um, and I kind of, part of, my head thought it was completely logical to continue there but part of me wasn't entirely, I think I wanted another, another challenge. So I actually took a, a gap year out um, before starting the graduate scheme because um, it was a time where like I had finished university and my dad had finished work abroad. So it was actually really lovely just to kind of spend it with family and I went back to South Africa for a lot of the time. Um, so, so that was nice, and then um, yeah, moved moved to Cumbria to start the Central Graduate Scheme, um, which I probably was a little bit nervous about, like moving across the country, didn't know all that many people, um, but yeah, I, I welcomed a challenge, even though internally I was possibly a bit nervous. Um, yeah, and by this point, did you have a sense of? what your real strengths were I mean clearly there's a lot of technical knowledge that you've got and some experience but if you were to think about what am I really good at what am I not good at did you start to get a sense of that um I think I 
probably had like feelings of what I enjoyed, but I probably really struggled to articulate it. Um, I think from having quite like an international upbringing, I think perspective is really important. Like I wanted my work to link into a bigger picture of um, and kind of make a difference. It's kind of cliche and cheesy as it, it sounds. Um, and when I was at Barnwood, I, I think I struggled with how quite how technical it was and possibly how kind of you're working on a really specific element of something technical and I, I wanted the broader picture. Um, so yeah, I started on the um, safety graduate scheme um, and yeah, learned, learned a lot about kind of um, the challenges, the safety challenges of working on facilities and how we can operate safely. Um, but I kind of, I felt very guilty because I, I probably realised my heart's not really in this. Um, and I think it can be quite difficult to embark on a journey um, with best intentions and actually realise I'm not sure this is for me. Um, so I was kind of a bit brave and I just communicated that to my line manager and I kind of said, um, I, I, you know, I see that, I totally see the value in this, but I'm not sure if I'm the right person for it. And she was like, she kind of agreed and um, she was like, we can work out the next steps together. Um, so I went and worked across um, like the corporate side of environment, safety and security. So across the directorate, um, looking into those kind of strategic elements of it. Um, which again, I liked the slightly bigger picture and the more strategic side of working. Um, and then um, I kind of specialised in um, nuclear security. Um, somebody wanted a report written on an element of it and I kind of thought, oh, I'll give that a go. Um, I really, really enjoy it. And at the same time, I kind of saw that the World Institute for Nuclear Security, who I now do a lot of work with, they, they were doing some um, scholarships for girls, women in, to get them in the profession. Um, so I kind of applied for a scholarship and got that and did their like training programme and realised actually this is this is really, really interesting stuff. Um, and that's how it kind of all came together. That's really good. That's, it's so brave when you, you're not sure whether something is quite you for, to speak up about that. And, and I mean, I suppose the couple of things that come to my mind with that is one is you kind of recognised it. You recognised that you needed to do something about it. Um, but then you felt able to talk to your line manager because at the one half of your brain, you're thinking, I'm going to create a real problem for my line manager here, you know. Um, but it was a great response from her, wasn't it? To say, look, we can walk this journey together and help find, you know, the right place for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because she could easily be like, well, actually, we brought you in to do this role. Um, you should do it. But she did acknowledge, you know, you'll be a benefit to the organisation um, if we help you find what you like, which, you know, which was wonderful. Um, and I think I learned from that experience, it's, it's easy to walk into an opportunity. because we acknowledge that, like, first impressions are really important. But I think how we leave opportunities and is as important because you don't want to leave a trail of destruction you want to kind of support others as you go through your journey yeah absolutely absolutely so now um you as part of that you were sort of special assistant to the director so presumably that you're sort of 
wanting to see the bigger picture was accelerated a bit by that that part of your journey yeah so um he had some work that he kind of wanted wanted doing and um, i wanted a bit of a fresh fresh perspective on it um, and i was quite keen and enthusiastic and kind of put my hand up um, and offered to do it and i i learned that i quite like the way of working where somebody kind of says says a problem and kind of says like go and investigate and come back and tell me what you found out um, which yeah i love that way of just freedom but also having that support to come back and ask questions yeah yeah that's really good now you've also been involved in the nuclear institute young generation network um tell us a little bit about about that why you got involved and and, and what's been a good thing for you from the ygn so yeah so as soon as i joined the nuclear institute kind of permanent well nuclear industry permanently i am um, yeah i got in touch with the nuclear institute um cumbria branch and i was like i'd be keen to get involved um moving to a new place it's it's quite nice to meet like new people that way um so yeah i got involved with the cumbria branch and then the young generation network um, helped organize a conference with two friends which was really good fun um, so yeah i think like doing nuclear degrees it's quite nice to meet people in the industry who are quite enthusiastic and kind of want to grab grab the industry and kind of mould it and open doors for people who are entering the industry um, yeah and I, I don't think you can find another group of enthusiastic young people <laughs> as in the, the YGN um, so yeah so I joined as I, I joined in 2018 and then um, helped out and then um, I'm now on the committee as marketing and communications lead um, yeah it's good. it's good fun. I think they're great. It, yeah, I, I know every YGN I've, uh, event I've ever been to, I've come away with more energy than I arrived because the enthusiasm and the passion and the commitment to seeing success and seeing everybody, you know, benefit is just wonderful. I think it's a great, great community. Um, so I'm just wondering, um, so you're doing your sort of role now um, on uh, in inside of threat mitigation, and I'm not going to ask you to talk about that in any detail at all, obviously. But um, it's I think it's really good to know, you know, because we obviously we all read the newspapers and security, you know, out there is is a, is a growing uh, challenge, and to know that there are people at the cutting edge and leading edge of that within our organisations is really good. And you saying earlier about you know you wanted to do something with a wider impact, you know, the bigger thing. This is a really important area you're involved in, and it, it sounds like for you it motivates you and it plays to the way you like to work. Is that right? It, yeah. So it's so lovely to be able to say that I love my job because um, like there's been elements of my journey where I've probably felt a little bit lost and um, so finding something I love and I think that reflects in the way I work and what I deliver and um, what I do and um, particularly having the ability to work with the World Institute Nuclear Security in Vienna um, and talk on webinars and write publications and um, like help produce courses on, on the subject it, it is nice to kind of feel like you're making an impact in, in the world as cheesy as that sounds um, rather than just like mundane work somewhere else. Um, so, so I love it. I do feel like nuclear technology is incredible, but 
but we need to make sure that's completely purposeful and um, we prevent harm so it's nice to kind of feel like I, could, like I work in that and um, so yeah re I really really enjoy it and um, so yeah I, I look at yeah I look at the insider risk and um, just because it is a risk and like other enterprise risks we don't um, cross our fingers and close our eyes and hope nothing happens we just address it from like a data centric place um, mm, that, that's great well it's, it's great to see you sort of flourishing in, in, in what you're doing so you're clearly in the right place at the right time um, what about your future have you had any thoughts looking forward I mean at the moment it sounds like you're being stretched you're loving what you're doing do you see yourself doing that for a long time or have you had thoughts about your future um, so I think um, continuing to specialise in insider threat. I think doing a PhD would add a lot of value to myself and Sellafield. Um, so yeah, <laughs> proposing that to a few people at the, at the moment. Um, but I think continuing to develop a breadth of knowledge and a breadth of skills is really important. Um, I think the to achieve anything in like nuclear security, you, you have to have like international cooperation and collaboration. Um, which I obviously love from my like earlier life, um, so I, I can imagine myself like working, continuing to work for the World Institute of Nuclear Security um, for a long time, because um, I work as an ambassador for them as well, um, and yeah, see how it all goes. And... That's good. That's good. I'm sure the path will unfold at the right time and so on. So I'm just thinking of you now in in Ethiopia. Uh, and all the work you were doing with the school, uh, which must have sort of consumed you um, and your spare time and, you know, building and, and, and raising the funds and all of that sort of thing. Um, the younger Stacey had no idea where she would be at this point in her life, of course. But what advice do you think you'd give your younger self to give her a good, uh, you know, sort of journey? Um, possibly have lots of advice because I feel like I've done a, done a lot and learned a lot um, but I think it would have been quite useful to recognise earlier on um, that it's so easy to possibly compare yourself to others and see them as completely formed individuals who have everything figured out um, when actually we, we all have our own struggles, weaknesses um, doubts um, and I think Knowing that earlier would have meant that um, I treated others with more empathy and understanding of their shortcomings and treated myself with a little bit more kindness um, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I think additionally, um, I have had a lot of like doors close on me um, that now I know that, or how I like to think about things is um, I'm never denied and only redirected onto something more suited to my my strengths and my journey. Um, and plan B can be a lot better than plan A in the long term. Um, so yeah, lots lots of things. Um, I think welcoming change, looking for opportunities to change, um, asking lots of questions, um, doing like doing the groundwork and building a solid foundation. Um, resting there's nothing wrong with resting and not being productive all the time and 
but yeah, most importantly, just, just enjoy the journey and support the people around you on their journeys. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love that little phrase you used there, never denied, always redirected. Yeah. That's a lovely, really encouraging little little saying that, isn't it? That's really good. Look, Stacey, it's been lovely to catch up with you. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. It was lovely to catch up. If you've enjoyed this podcast, to help others enjoy it too, please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And don't forget to rate and review. Thank you.